Hola mi gente, bienvenidos. I'm your host Lore and this is Creepy Chisme. Some stories and info are not suitable for all, especially young children. Listen at your own risk. Hola mi gente, it's your girl Lore here for the last time, 2022. Yes, a sad time for mi gente. I know y'all will miss me, but I'll be back, te lo prometo. I promise y'all. What a season we've had. Oh man, it definitely did not go as I wanted. Partly life and mostly life. Because I want you to remember, this is my hobby. Outside of my podcast, I work in education. And if you're a teacher who is teaching post-COVID, then you know the stress of what is happening to our kids. I'm worried for our future. They are angry. They are hurting. They are mean. They lack the social skills to function in what we know as normal life. It's been a struggle mentally for me this school year, but I'm trying. And no, it's, it's not just my school. It's all schools across the board. And I'm not just talking about middle, junior high aged kids. I work with six-year-olds, you guys, and I see these behaviors like I have never seen in my entire 14 years working in education. It's crazy. The thing is, like, we don't have enough social workers and counselors and psychologists. Something dramatic has to happen with our education system. So teachers out there, I appreciate you so much, and we don't hear it enough, but you are doing what you can given the circumstances and you're doing amazing keep it up so yeah work takes most of my mental state and sometimes days are so bad it takes me all evening just to like decompress come back from the stress the anxiety of the day and on top of that i am um on my local union team Mm -hmm. and that can be stressful sometimes we have lots of meetings and we pretty much are the support for a staff of over 80 people. And then on weekends mostly, I help watch my nephew for my brother, who is a single dad, which you guys know if you've been listening for a while. Yeah, and if there's any single ladies out there, hit up my brother. Just kidding, kind of. As long as you're not a crazy psycho, okay? My brother has been through enough. (laughs) My poor brother. Still gonna write that book though. So yeah, and then my podcast and personal life. So I'm a busy girl. I'm really going to try and get a lot of research and planning done on my break before the third season so that I can put out the best episodes I can for y'all. I started out this season organized on it. I even got ahead of myself a few times and it, it felt weird, you know. But I'm one of those people that I work well under pressure. So if I know I got an episode due in two weeks... You bet your ass I'm taking a week off and then the last week I'm going to edit, research, do everything I can. I just do. I work better that way. But I want to try to be ahead of the game. I want to be like a month ahead of myself. So that's my goal for next year. Hope you guys come back and stay tuned for 
some greatness that I have so many ideas, like my list for next season's episodes, because I was getting a little worried. I'm like, you know, what am I going to talk about? You guys seem to love pretty much all the topics that I talk about, which is amazing because that means you and I have that in common. We like all things creepy and you're in the right place. But yeah, I was getting a little worried, like what am I going to base season three on? Should I go to one topic? But it's like, no, 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 no. I love conversing with different types of people, different topics, all of it. I love all the creepy chisme. So yeah, excited for that. And if you're listening and you have a podcast or you have a good subject you want to talk about, reach out to me on Instagram, email. I'll mention this again at the end of the episode. But yes, I am down to talk to you. I am down to invite you on the show if I think you'd do great at it. (laughs) You can't just invite anybody because not everybody can do this. It's very hard and you have to be good at communicating, talking, holding a conversation. So don't be offended, but I definitely will take your advice, your input, your story, whatever it is. Okay. All right. Enough rambling, Lore. Let's get moving here. So yeah, I'm not sure when season three is going to start yet. I really want to take the time to Well, first of all, enjoy my holiday season. So really take a break this year and just take a step back. Much needed vacation coming up. Uh, I love Christmas. I love the new year, but I'm ready for next year. I love a new beginning. I love it because I just feel like whatever I fucked up this year, I'm not going to do it next year. And I feel like I've grown so much this year, like the most I've ever grown in my entire life. And I see it continuing. So next year, 2023, new year, new me. That's really going to be my, (laughs) I know everybody says it, but I'm serious. I feel like I'm finally on the path of growth in every aspect of life. So I hope to continue it. And I have some really big plans next year. So pray for me, y'all. Just stay tuned. Follow me on social media. And I will definitely let you guys know when Creepy Cheesemith Season 3 is due to come out. Now, I do want to take the time to say quickly, yeah, I received a pretty ugly review. Now, the good thing about it is I'm pretty good at not letting things like that bother me. But I do want to say this is my podcast. And if you think I'm annoying, then don't listen. There are so many others to listen to. You can make fun of me all you want. I don't really care. But do not ever insult or talk badly about my guests ever. If you don't like something, guess what? You can hit stop. You can hit forward. You can not listen. I'm not forcing you to listen to my podcast. And I'm still amazed that this many people want to listen to me. I mean, I was happy with the first 30 listeners I got on my first episode, you know? I just want to put that out there. And also, if you forgot, I just want to remind you that whatever we post on social media, anywhere, everyone can see it. Even if you think it's private, eventually people will see it. So I'm glad that this person put their review publicly and posted this so now everyone can see how rude they are. Because I think what happened is that they heard an episode where I spoke ill of religion. Now you guys know I'm not very fond of religion. However, I would never hate on someone for their beliefs. I will question your beliefs. I will. But I will not hate on anyone. I do not preach to anyone because I've yet to figure out my own spiritual beliefs. I've talked about many theories that I believe in or find interesting, 
but to each their own, right? What I do have an issue with is someone taking the time to judge me when they know nothing of what I'm going through. Anyway, this person knows who they are and they're probably listening because, you know, hate is going to hate and hate has got to look and keep up, you know. I'm just glad everyone can now see what a mean and ignorant human they are. Moving on, it's time for an updater story I've recently heard. Oh dear, we are in trouble. <laughs> Kudos if you know where that's from. Uh, whew, I could have made this a whole episode, but I wanted to get it out onto the season. So I'm gonna summarize this info. Now it's all my opinion. You're all entitled to your own opinions. Casey Anthony. Yes, Lore, you had to talk about it. Okay, the documentary, Where the Truth Lies. Lies. Keyword, lies. Mentiras. Okay, where do I even start? I mentioned this to y'all on the last episode. And like most people, I have a very strong opinion on the matter. Now, if you haven't watched yet, do or don't, honestly, don't care. Let's just start big here. I will say, if you still want to watch, then like skip 10 minutes ahead and don't listen to this update. Or do, if you like the chisme, I'm going to get into it. Did this docuseries change my mind about Casey Anthony? Hail to the no. Main reason, her vibe is whack. And it has been since day one. Now I'm really good at picking up on a person's vibe. Mostly I feel it strongly when it's like, a bad vibe. Now, second thing, this series just proved to me how shitty of a person she actually was, more so than I thought. Now, the entire series, she cried on cue, and all I heard was, me, 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 I'm the victim, my life is awful, woe is me. Wah, wah, wah. Now, one thing I will not speak on or call her a liar for is her stating that she was sexually abused by her father. Now, if she was, that's awful because nobody should have to endure that. I don't care who you are. But if true, you kept your infant daughter in the same home with a man you say is a predator. You were an adult and no matter how mentally damaged you were, if the abuse made you feel so damaged as she says it did, why keep your daughter in that situation? Now, I understand money issues, which she claimed to have. We all do, but there are ways. Get your child away from him. I'm sorry, but that struck a chord with me. <laughs> then, her story of what actually happened the last time she saw her daughter, oof, mm, mm, mm. It makes no damn sense. You're gonna tell me that you did not feel your child get off the bed? Now, I'm not a mother, but when my nephew is asleep far away from me, like in another room, I have almost always sensed him wake up. I sleep on eggshells, as most parents do and can relate to. So I don't believe that. I do not believe that. Unless you're doped up on something, there's no way you did not feel your daughter get off the bed. But then this small child slid the glass door open on her own, and nobody talks about that, and somehow got into a tall swimming pool by herself. What? Then here's where we blame dad, the abuser, right? He finds the young girl, I'm assuming unresponsive, floating in the pool. He carries her over and blames Casey and then walks away. So Kaylee Anthony, 
is never seen again after that, according to Casey Anthony. As a mother who loved her child so dearly, how she claims, how in the actual fuck do you not question where your child is after seeing them unresponsive and being taken away by a man who is claimed to be a predator? How? I just, I don't get it. So part one and part two, not gonna lie, they were pretty boring and pissed me the fuck off. Now I definitely paused way too many times, took a couple breaks, here's why. Now I've known a lot of liars in my life. One was especially, is especially mentally ill. They're a pathological liar, so I know, I know someone like this. I remember how this person was so good at manipulating and making people feel super sorry for them, but the thing I remember the most was their constant rambling. So you ask them a question, right? Oh man, where were you? You're late. And then they respond so quickly and also tell 10 things at once, vaguely answering your question. It's wild. And it would leave me so confused most times to the point where I'd be like, all right, whatever, you know, like moving on. So watching Casey Anthony talk and, in, and just like explain the questions they were asking her triggered me so bad. She talks so much, yet says so little. Now at the end of part two, I didn't even wanna watch the last part. I actually waited like three days because I wanted to review it for you guys. If I wasn't going to do this for you guys, I would not have watched it, I would have stopped right there. But I'm glad I did, I'm glad I did watch it because part three got to me. It did change my mind. It allowed me to realize this was a two person job. This is all alleged, by the way, so I don't, get taken to court. <laughs> Casey's father, I don't even know his name. He knew what happened. He has a major role in what happened in this case. Now I'll explain in a second what I originally thought happened back in the day and after this series, what I think happened now. So the weird shit he said at the little girl's funeral or memorial, nobody says that kind of shit. But again, as a victim of abuse, get your kid away from the abuser. Do not chance it. I don't care if I have to be homeless and live in a car with my daughter. I'm getting her away. The way she talked about how badly she wanted to get away, I mean, come on. You can't say he brainwashed you or made you feel certain things because if you have these feelings of needing to protect your child, needing to get away, then you know what's happening is bad. So get your daughter away. And I wanna say, Abuse, trauma, all of that could have played a part in Casey's lying because yes, even in, in childhood, they said she was a liar. And I, I do believe, yeah, something must have happened. I, I do think she was abused in some form, but people are saying, yeah, she cleared up her lies. You guys, it has been 10 fucking years and I hope she has an excuse by now for each lie <laughs> that she told. I really do hope she cleared them up for you but I still don't believe a bitch. All right, let's get into what I thought happened before all of this. So originally from day one, when I heard this case, I felt so strongly that Casey and Kaylee were having a pool day. Now Casey gets out of the pool or goes inside and leaves Kaylee alone. Casey was young, she was immature. I've seen young mothers that are not responsible and very carefree. So who even knows what she's doing, right? But Kaylee is in the pool she ends up drowning and Casey being immature, instead of calling police or an ambulance, tries to cover it up because she doesn't wanna to go to jail, right? She's young. She puts her in the trunk of her car. 
She waits a few days and then leaves the house. So her parents don't know what's going on. Now sometime here, she gets rid of the body. Maybe it started to decay, smell really bad. It doesn't take long for a body to start decaying. We all know this. She ends up staying with friends, couch surfing, house hopping, all to avoid telling her parents what happened or to explain where her daughter is. She goes out, lives her life, steals from her friend because she's running out of money because then she still doesn't have to go home. But after 31 days, she has no choice. She ran out of money, she has nothing, so she has to go home. Soon as she gets home, grandma questions her and so starts the lies and the big story that she told. After watching this series, I still think the same. However, I think her father either came home during Casey trying to decide what to do, or he too was there. Now he's an ex-cop. He has to know CPR. Why not try it, right? Why not? Now I think Casey had her dad help her try and not go to jail. And I think at first he was all for it, but then grew to hate his daughter, and so decided to testify against her. Because remember, they wanted the death penalty for her. That would have kept the dad's name cleared, right? Get rid of her, he's fine. They're both guilty. They both know what happened. This is, again, all alleged, all my opinion. I just want to know what, I really do. I want to know what more people think. I want you guys to tell me what you think. Shoot me an email, a message. In conclusion, <laughs> I think it was an accidental death because of an immature mother, immature person, who already had mental health issues such as lying due to whatever reason in her life, right? I think she decided that being free and living life was more important than calling the fucking cops and just saying, my daughter drowned in the pool. Drownings happen all the time at home in swimming pools to children. That's all she had to do was call the cops. So yeah, it just bothers me that the series is out and now people again have brought up the, oh, is she innocent, is she guilty? The bitch is guilty, she's guilty. Whether it was intentionally accidental, she still did it, she still lied, she's an adult, she knows right from wrong, we all know right from wrong, the worst trauma victims know right from wrong. There you go, that's all I'm gonna say. Since this is the finale of season two of Creepy Chisme, I wanted to take a quick stroll down memory lane of the episodes I put out. And if you're a first time listener and you've chosen this episode to listen to first, this is the best episode you could have clicked on because I'm going to give you a quick summary of each episode and maybe you'll find one you want to listen to and I hope you do. Or maybe I'll remind you of a favorite you had and you'll go back and listen to them while I'm on break. All right, mi gente, it's time to get creepy. We started our season with an episode titled Hoska Castle, The Doorway to Hell. Now, I still would love to go visit this place. Lots of scary legends, especially the one that sticks out the most, which was when they would send war prisoners or criminals down into the hole in the center of the castle. And that one prisoner came out and was so scared. His pedals turned white. You guys remember that story? What did he see? What did he hear down there, right? A spooky castle in the middle of nowhere. Now we also heard listener Patty's story about how she had some paranormal activity happening in her life since she was very young. 
I remember her story that she talked about when all the Christmas cards fell off of their Christmas tree at one time. Can you imagine? Also, I know you said your house is not haunted anymore, I think you said. It's been pretty quiet, but I'm wondering if by now that's still true. So let us know, Patty. Episode two was called Web of Lies, and we talked about nature versus nurture. Oh, and I had my best friend, Regina, on, and we talked about a case with one of the biggest plot twists. Still one of my favorite plot twist case. Still blows my mind. Secret identities, mystery, and lies galore. I don't want to give it away because if you haven't heard it, you really should go back and listen to episode two, season two. Then we also had a listener who asked to talk about a local cemetery in 2009 that was digging up bodies and reselling burial plots. Scandaloso! I don't remember that story because I live around the area where it happened, but that's crazy. Episode three was called Life After Life, where we talked about what happens when we die. Love this topic. We spoke about people who have had near-death experiences and the similarities between some of their stories. You know, things like seeing the bright light, feeling at peace, all that kind of stuff. Um, seeing past loved ones. We talked about reincarnation and we heard some stories about that, including my personal story of what I saw while doing a past life meditation regret, or I think it's called a past life regression meditation. I've yet to try it again. It was very real for me, very emotional, but I do want to try it again, maybe one day. Then we heard from listener Silvia, um, who's actually an old schoolmate of mine, who told us some ghost stories. Like, I remember she told us about the child that walked through her bedroom window. <laughs> so scary. And she talked about this bike trail where we have a lot of power lines by. It always gave me the creeps when I would run down there or walk down there when I was younger, trying to be fit. Should be doing it again, but it's too dangerous around here. But uh, that always gave me the creeps. And yeah, there's a part of the bike trail that's right past a cemetery. I want to say it takes about a good eight minutes if you're walking to get down the whole thing. So for eight minutes, you're walking past a cemetery. So thank you, Silvia, for that story. Uh, I really enjoyed those. Episode four was about serial killer Edmund Kemper, the co-ed butcher. A lot of you reached out to me after this episode saying you didn't even know who he was, but you enjoyed this episode. This was a wild one about a 1972 serial murderer who went after college-age females that he would pretty much pick up from a local college that his mom worked at. He had mommy issues and he was into some freaky shit. <laughs> he had major, major issues and in the end he actually turned himself in. Yeah, they never found out who he was. Because I remember, he was friends and would hang out at the local police bar, keeping tabs on himself. He was so smart, though. So, so smart. I watched hours of interviews and read so much about him. And then I talked about this thing that I saw online about these birds falling from the sky in Mexico. It's a crazy video. I think it's on my Instagram still in one of the posts. You should go watch it. What happened to them, right? <laughs> what happened to those birds? Episode 5 was called Folktales, Myths, Legends, and Ancient Creatures from Mexico. We got into some of my favorite topics about the Aztec and Mayans and a lot of their stories and legends and creatures. I am so infatuated with this kind of stuff. However, I struggle so hard to pronounce the names and words of their language. <laughs> it was a struggle. I also talked about... um 
possible giants that might have been living at one point in Mexico. And that's not the only place, y'all. There is more. I think I have it listed under my conspiracy the uh, theories for season three. I love that. Then I recounted some Mexican leyendas, like about this one truck driver who asked a man for a favor, leaving the man in complete and utter shock. Oh, and we can't forget the story about the handsome man at the dance, right? One of my all-time favorite leyendas. Episode 7 was called Ghost Towns in the Wild West. This was such a fun episode to record. Um, one of the first that I actually added in some music and some voices. <laughs> I am sorry if I annoy you with my accents and voices. Sometimes they just come out. I can't help it. But yeah, that was a fun one to record for sure. I absolutely love talking about old time stories and history from back in the day. And this episode was full of crime stories and murder in the once known town of Tombstone, Arizona. We talked cowboys, ghosts, haunted saloons, and cemeteries. We talked about the Bodie legend from California, where apparently there's a curse, so don't go there. <laughs> and if you do, don't take anything because it'll ruin your life. We also had a listener ask if anyone knows what could be pooling or tugging on their sheets at night, and nobody ever reached out to me, so I'm so sorry I never got to give you help in that situation, but you did tell me that it didn't scare you, right? You didn't feel like a malevolent, it, you didn't feel that it was a malevolent, malevolent? <laughs> I couldn't say malevolent. A malevolent creature, spirit, whatever it is. So I hope you're enjoying the sheet tugging still. Episode seven was the world's happiest place on earth, or is it? Where we talked about all things Disney, but with a creepy twist. My niece joined me, I think, for her first episode, maybe second, not sure. Uh, we talked Disney mind control. Do they control our minds? Uh, how they use their smellitizers to control us? Mm -hmm. You guys think you're having fun, but you're being manipulated. <laughs> I shared some park ghost stories that cast members shared, and we talked about how people love dumping human ashes around the entire park. Gross. We talked about some Disney secrets and mysteries too. Oh, and we can't forget about the twerking Mickey. Episode 8 was titled Nathan Leopold Jr. and Richard Loeb and the Perfect Crime. Now, I had heard briefly about this case. However, doing my research into it, whoa, I was completely floored. This was about a Chicago case from 1924 where two young wealthy idiots thought that they could get away with murder. And that's literally why they did it, just to see. Now they chose a young boy known as Bobby Franks. And I'm telling you from the start, they made so many mistakes, <laughs> mistake after mistake. And if you've never heard this story, be sure to check this episode out. And shout out to Joe and Goyce for joining me on this case. We had a lot of fun. Now, episode nine was titled Cult Survivor Stories. Oh man, these were wild to hear. Super triggering episode. I will never forget the story of the young girl who was abused by her own grandmother in a satanic cult. Really opened my eyes to not trust anyone. Listen to this episode with caution. Very touchy subjects. I think it's one of my hardest episodes to hear on this season of Creepy Chisme, but glad to say that the stories all ended positively and all of the three victims survived. 
We also had a listener story from Stevie, my buddy Stevie, who shared her celeb spirit story when her and her mom stood at a haunted hotel in California. Thank you, Stevie, for sharing your story with us. Episode 10 was titled Deja Vu and Messages from the Dead. This was a good one. Here I talked about intuition and how to make it stronger. I definitely want to dive deeper into this topic eventually. I researched some theories on deja vu and what it might be. Then I talk about the topic of can deceased loved ones really send us messages from the beyond. I recount an experience I had in Mexico about seeing this beautiful butterfly that acted so strangely around my family and I. Was it a coincidence or was it my grandfather sending us a message or coming out to say hello? I'd like to think it was. Episode 10, Conspiracy Theories, Part 3, and lots more chisme. This was so much fun to record with my niece and brother. Oh man, we talked about so much stuff, but my favorite was asking them about the Mandela effects. (laughs) They were literally falling out of their chairs. Blew their minds, and then also my friend David from California made an appearance because my brother called him because we couldn't believe that it was... (laughs) Oscar Mayer. Oscar Mayer Wiener. Um, and he just confirmed it for us. <laughs> These are always super fun to research, record, because it's literal bullshit, but believable bullshit. <laughs> I'm already working on next season's conspiracies, and if y'all have any, send them to me. I'll definitely look into them. Episode 12 was called Murderers Among Us. Now this one was my least listened to, and I don't blame you. A lot of you messaged me saying, I really wanted to listen, but I couldn't. And I'm telling you, this gave me so much anxiety because people don't think about or realize that there are murderers living among us. It's terrifying to think about um, that there are serial killers out there right now just walking among us checking out our groceries, helping us walk to the car, doing surgery on us. You don't know. And you might never know. They might never get caught. It's so scary. Episode 13 was called Murder Castle, the story of H.H. Holmes. If you're uh, someone who lives around where I live, around the Chicagoland area, then I hope you really enjoyed this episode because I sure enjoyed researching and telling it to you. This was another serial killer episode about the notorious Chicago murderer, H.H. Holmes. His story is wild. He was a cocky businessman who loved to kill, just to kill. He would sell the bodies or skeletons to local medical schools back in the 1890s, and he even built specific floor plans in his upstairs apartments to make it easier to move the bodies around. And he even had a trap door that went right to the basement, where he then would prepare the bodies to be sold. Episode 14 was called Horror Movies Based on True Stories. And if you love horror movies, then I hope you enjoyed this one because... I did a whole like horror movie recap through the decades, how from where it may have started to now. And I tell the true stories behind some famous movies like The Shining, The Exorcist. I do want to try and do a part two to this because y'all, there are so many movies out there based on true stories. It's insane. Episode 15 was called The House of Horror, The Pazuzu Algorad Story. El cochino que no se lavaba la cola. Dirty, stinky, demon lord Pazuzu. (laughs) I could still smell this episode. A horrifying story of murder, cult-like behavior, and horrible police work. Definitely one of my dirtiest episodes. Yuck. Episode 16. Ah, aliens. 
And I hope you guys read it like that when you saw the title. Now you know I always have to throw an alien episode in my season, and these stories of encounters and abduction will keep you up at night for sure. Were they actual incidents? I still don't know. But they could have been, right? Episode 17 was an interview. It was titled Mi Amiga Maria. I interviewed my friend and coworker Maria who also has her own podcast about meditation and so much positive self-care and healing. Her podcast is called Maestria Tu Vida Con Meditación. We talked about spirituality, and Maria also shared some of her past paranormal experiences, like the story when she saw a biker next to her bed asking where his kids were. So scary. <laughs> we talked about our cultures and our personal beliefs. A really good conversation. I truly enjoyed it. So thank you, Maria, for joining me on this season of Creepy Cheesement. Episode 18 was titled Horror Movie Villains Based on Real Killers. Again, we talked horror movies, but this time I went over how some of your favorite villains, Michael, Jason, Freddy, could have been made up after a real evil human. This one was so interesting to look into, and some stories I've never actually heard before. The Juan Corona story was wild. He was known as the Machete Killer. Then I told y'all a spooky story about a hitchhiker ghost. That was a good one. Episode 19 and 20, probably my top episodes this season. My Halloween special. I had my cousin Angelo join me, my brother, my niece, and tell his chilling ghost stories that he has been waiting to tell. Oh my god, that demon dream he had, it still gives me chills just thinking about it. Him and my brother have seen a lot of crazy things in their lives, so they definitely will be back to share more with you guys. Episode 21 was titled Cryptids, the Mothman of Point Pleasant. This was my first detailed cryptid episode. Now, if you follow me on TikTok, I do a lot of cryptid stuff on there, and I do want to eventually turn them into episodes because I love cryptids. I love hearing all the theories and legends of what they are, where they came from, who they could be. So for future, I do want to continue this. And of course, I had to start off with the Mothman because that's my favorite. Episode 22 was called Murderous Women of the Past. This was such a fun piece of work. I love crime stories from the late 1800s, mid 1900s. I just, I don't know, maybe I just don't feel so bad about joking about them because they're so far dead and have little to no family anymore. Or if they do have family, they don't even know they're related to them. So it's okay to make fun of the story a little, you know? However, these women were something else. Killing babies, devouring men, and making human-filled cakes. Wow, vicious women. Now I know I didn't get too much into detail, but that's because I didn't want to spoil too much, but just a quick recap down memory lane as we come to a close on season two. It's almost two years now that I began planning this journey and some of you have been following along since day one, since my Yorona story, and I appreciate each and every one of you. And if you're new here, like I said, I appreciate you too. I hope I piqued your interest somewhere in this season and you start there. Mi gente, it is the Christmas season and you know what that means. It's the most wonderful time of the year when everyone has road rage and little to no patience, but for real, what most people view as a jolly and lovely time of year can also be seen as a dark and spooky time of year. I recently went to a Krampus market at a local distillery near where I live and it was super awesome. 
me and my siblings went and we had so much fun. The vendors were amazing and we bought so many little goodies. And then they had some guest speakers. Now the event was hosted by Paranormal Events, so shout out. You guys did great. And the host said how no one talks about the dark stigma surrounding winter and the Christmas season. Which today is more of a religious celebration, but it truly made me think about back in the old country. I'm talking Europe, Germany, those places that way back in the 1700s during winter were not only dark, dark as hell, but they were also cold as hell. So one speaker said all there was to do was pretty much just sit in your house, sit around the fire, sit around the stove, and they would tell spooky stories, of course. And so grew these dark winter and Christmas time legends. Now last year I did a Merry Creep Myth, where I told some of those legends, and of course I will once again briefly tell the legend of Krampus, because he's my favorite. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Krampus. Also, I'd like to give a shout out to an amazing woman that I met there. She was selling art and I was immediately drawn to her art. And then she started talking to me and I felt her energy and saw lots of light around her. And then she gave the Krampus story talk and I was like, I have to get her to come on the podcast. <laughs> she was also a podcast host and her name is Laura Gonzalez. She's from around the Chicagoland area. Pero ella también es mexicana. She's a feminista, a priestess, a tarotologist, a bruja. I mean, she does it all. Her Instagram is at Magia Cerati. So M-A-G-I-A-C-E-R-A-T-I. I'll tag her on Instagram or you guys can search her in my following. Her Facebook is Tarot by Laura Gonzalez. And one of my listeners actually reached out after I posted a picture with her and she was like, I've had her do a reading before. So that was so cool. It's such a small world. But yeah, Laura, I will definitely be reaching out to you. I hope you're listening for season three of Creepy Cheese Man. I'd love to interview you. So yeah, she, t she also talked about how like it was super dark around the wintertime in places like the old world to create these legends, people created these legends to make people, you know, not go out in the snow, not go out late at night. Imagine getting stuck out late at night in the 1700s when there's no electricity anywhere and it's snowing. So let's get into the darker side of the holiday season with some holiday creepy legends. First up, we have a legend from Alsace-Lorraine, France. I hope I pronounced that right. It's not an episode of Creepy Cheese Me if I don't say that once, right? This is the legend of Hans Trapp, the Christmas Scarecrow. You see, the legend states that Hans Trapp was a vile and greedy man. He was also into witchcraft and, legend says, Hans made a deal with the devil himself. He wanted riches. But soon after the devil gifted him wealth, the Catholic Church excommunicated him, and because of this, he then lost his wealth and his social standing. Hans then left to wander and roam the countryside, disguised as a scarecrow. This legend then grows darker, because Hans begins to thirst for human flesh. 
The legend claims that one day he lured a young boy to his death and then cooked him over a fire. But right before he was about to enjoy his first bite of flesh, God, angry at what was happening, struck Hans with lightning. Hans' trap was dead. However, to this day, it is claimed that he returns on Christmas, going door to door, looking for a tasty child to eat. Next, I have for you the legend of the Kalikantros. This legend stems from Greece. Bulgaria, Serbia, and Turkey. The Kalikantros are imp-like creatures with black or dark fur, long tails, hooves for feet, and red glowing eyes. They look like little goblins or tiny demons. They spend most of the year underground, but during Advent, they come out to cause mischief and evil doings. The reason they come out around this time of year is because they are drawn to the dark winter. These little goblins pretend to be the voices of deceased loved ones and they try to lure people from their homes and into the forests, where they force them to work for them, such as carrying the creatures on their backs and chopping wood. They also bite scratch and whip using their long tails and if the phony voices don't work on you then they'll sneak into your home through an open window a crack in the foundation the chimney or sometimes a keyhole if it's big enough but you don't want them to come into your home for they will eat and destroy everything in their sight and god forbid they run into an adulterer because then these creatures will torture them in the most vulgar ways until they confess their sin. To protect you and your home, you must do one of the following. Burn a Yule log in your chimney. You can also burn an old pair of shoes. Maybe a circle of salt can help keep them out. Incense can help, but the thing that will work the most is by putting a calendar on your doorstep. The Kalinkanzaros are obsessed with counting the tiny holes. It distracts them. And they can't say the holy number three, for it represents the holy trinity. If you can keep them at bay until sunrise, then you'll be safe. Once the sun rises, they flee back into the dark shadows. This goes on every night until January 6th, when the devilish creatures return underground where they spend their time plotting how to bring about the apocalypse until the next Christmas, when they will come out again. This next legend is of Paris Fautard. It originated in France, Belgium, and Switzerland. The legend goes that Perry was the local butcher. He and his wife began kidnapping young kids who were rich. They'd rob them and their families, then carve up the bodies and hide them in wooden barrels. But when Saint Nicholas found out about the awful tragedy, he took action. He brought the children back to life, but punished Perry for his wrongdoing. He forced Perry Fautard into an eternal cannibal manservant. So he must now follow Saint Nicholas everywhere 
having to deal with the naughty children. And of course, mi gente, I leave you with my favorite holiday legend, the legend of Krampus, the counterpart of Saint Nicholas. This devilish-looking horned creature originated in Austria and Germany. He's a half-goat, half-man, with large horns and a large tongue. He carries a birch to whip children who misbehave, and sometimes he'll throw them into his backsack and take them to hell. December 5th is known as Krampusnacht, where many still today dress up as the horned beast and terrorize onlookers. Although in many places it has become a drunken party, the legend of Krampus still lives on, and thanks to movies is known all around the world. Feliz Navidad, mi gente! I am so grateful to all of you who sent in stories this season, who sent me messages, who supported me and listened to every episode, and even if you listen to a just a few. 2023 is going to be good to me. I feel it. I wish it well to all of you. Keep sending in those stories. I love reading them. Just send them to creepychisme for you. That's the number 4YOU at gmail.com. Follow me on social media. I'll still post regularly. Have a great Christmas and a happy new year. And for the last time this year, I, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> it's a wrap on season two. Gracias por escuchar. Y nos vemos muy pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, stay creepy and spread the chisme. Adios, mi gente.